This is Efficiency On Demand. On Demand. High performance. Human optimization. Human optimization. People think hectic, craziness, no time, no fun. Just work, work, work. work, work. work. Perform, perform. Harder, harder. Push, push. Machines, high pressure, no time. It's time to slow down, to speed up. You owe more to yourself. This is Efficiency On Demand with Monique. Monique is a high-performance and human optimization specialist. During the show, Monique and her guest will talk about all things time management, impactful leadership, mindset mastery, and energy efficiency. It's time to take control of your time and live life limitless. This is Efficiency On Demand, and this is your host, Monique. Welcome back, everyone, to Efficiency On Demand, and thank you for tuning in. I have a wonderful guest today on my show who's been connected through a mutual friend on Facebook with me, and I'm super excited because her story is a little crazy, I want to say, and her life is like a roller coaster, I guess, and that's what we're here for, to unpack these um, behind-the-scenes stories for you out there, guys. So let me introduce you to my guest today, Alexandra Ramirez. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for having time for us today. Yes, thank you for having me. And you you said it okay for your accent. (laughs) We could go the the Mexican accent if if you wanted to, but I'm a California girl, so it's fine. Okay, let's try. Alexandra Ramirez. Oh, there you go. Roll your R's. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what are you doing? Yeah. So my name is Alexandra Ramirez and I am a Facebook ads coach and sales funnel expert. I help online entrepreneurs really create more freedom for their business, have more income, scale their income, and just really be able to impact more people through ads and funnels. Awesome. So... We've been connected through Claire, right? Yes, Claire, yes. Okay, awesome. And she gave me a little run-up about what's going on in your life. And I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And you've just been like, yeah, this is what's going on. So I want to dive in first how you started that business and when, and maybe also why, because I think that's what's getting us into the rabbit hole. Yes, of course. So my husband was in the Air Force and I was a stay-at-home mom for a little bit. I even tried a little bit of beach body coaching for a little bit. That was like my entrepreneur type of realm at first. And that didn't work out. I don't think I think I went over like emerald and that was about it. Which is <laughs> not that much. But anyways, um, so I did that for two years. And then I moved on to, I wanted to try college for a little bit just so I can get something under me. And while that was happening, I was like, oh, student loans are popping up. Okay. (laughs) So while that was happening, my husband also was having a lot of medical issues. He, I think he was 23, 24 years old and he had his first blood clot in his arm and which is unusual for someone who is that age. 
And we were dealing with that for a while. And the military just really was not good about figuring that stuff out. And along that way, what that was happening, I was starting my own like virtual assistant business. And I was learning about like sales funnels, you know, and social media and marketing and all these types of things. I eventually moved on to my business of having a funnel agency. And then I moved on to having, you know, doing ads. And now I'm a full on like ads coach. And it's a lot more fun this way. And yeah, so like there's been so many things that have been happening in the middle of that. But the main reason why I started my business was because I wanted something for myself. I didn't, and like also my, I knew my husband was going to eventually get out of, the, out of the Air Force. So I needed to be able to provide for my family. And I also just wanted to be able to like do things however I wanted and be able to make money doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I think that's the best reason anyways, right? We're all here for the freedom kind of, but like no matter if it's time freedom or financial freedom or just the freedom of not having to do what other people say you should be or doing. all of it. Yeah, all exactly. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So for the people out there who maybe not know what it is, tell me a little bit about the blood clot issue with your husband and, and what the symptoms around it is and, and what, yeah, what you got to do about it. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I don't know everything about it, <laughs> um, but he does have lupus and uh, I think two other blood disorders mm. that basically causes, it destroys his body basically and tells his body that he needs to produce more white blood cells, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And so with that, with adding those things, it causes blood clots all around his body. So even to this day, he still has one in his arm and then one that's close to his heart as well. He's had them in almost every single limb. They've taken them out in multiple different areas. But yeah, what we've been doing lately to try and help him as far as this concern is we've been focusing on a doctor that's really been helping him on the future state because the military tends to focus on the now, now, now problem versus the future. Mm -hmm. So this doctor has been putting him through, uh, this new doctor has been putting him through chemo every six months, which has been keeping his numbers stable. Because at one point he was getting blood clots just all the time, all the time, all the time. And we would just, it would just be kind of like, oh, we'll get to get another blood clot, get another blood clot. So now it's, now his numbers are stable and he's not producing any new blood clots, which is good. Wow. So I just imagine, so your husband is in the, in the military too, right? No. So he got out. He's okay. out now. He's medically retired. He, he does all the, the stay at home dad stuff nowadays. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I can imagine. So you mentioned it a little bit on the side, but I heard that before that once you're out of the military, there are no help whatsoever. And that's not, that's not only something about the, um, the American military, but um, so I'm from Germany and I had friends who've been serving in the military in Germany. And once they were out, you know, you get paid, you get kind of like suggestions where to go, but that's kind of all. How yeah. was your experience? He's medically retired. Mm -hmm. So that means he gets 100% um, as far as his medical bills are concerned. 
as long as they're coming from like referrals and, and, you know, the insurance is covered and all that kind of stuff. We're actually dealing with some medical bills right now because they're not, there was a whole referral process that was happening. And so, but we're like, we're not paying that because <laughs> you guys effed, on, effed up on that. We didn't. That's on right. you guys. So, right. Uh, not doing it. Even the insurance company is like, yeah, don't pay for it right now. Just we'll deal with this. So that's been taking a while. Anyways. So, yeah, but I mean, yes, in some cases, the military does take care of their military members. I believe for my husband, Joe, yes, they do take care of him as far as like financially is concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is some people in the military where they get out and they're not really taken care of like at all, especially with the VA. You know, it's not good whatsoever. Thank you. Thank the Lord that we, that we get to do that. Right. So what do you think about, like, I know looking back at my friends, they didn't have any mental health issue support. So when they got out and they, so I know that my friend at that time surfed in Iraq when shit really went down there. So that's a long time ago. But when he got out, he had to deal all by himself. So I know he got, I think, and this was in Germany, mind you, but um, still he got, I think he got a support for like 12 uh, sessions to go to like a veterinary, basically. Hospital? Yeah, like a mental, like a psychologist, right? space uh specialized for veterans but um but that's it and that's like 12 sessions was like what three months and and that's that's basically it and so what was your experience over that time especially because once your husband was out it doesn't just end right there for him right yeah no so we're very I'm very much a person I'm a Virgo just so everybody knows. And so (laughs) I'm very much a forthcoming like type of person where I have to like, I'm always on top of things. Mm -hmm. And he is as well. And our most important thing was whatever we moved from, because we were living in Washington when he was in the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And then we moved down here to Arizona. And so we moved down here to Arizona. We immediately got him into, you know, to go see a regular doctor. And then once you talk to a regular doctor about my husband's symptoms and like all these types of things and all this type of stuff, usually a doctor goes, Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me, let me just refer you to a a specialist please, because they don't want to deal with it because they have no clue what he's even talking about. Like what's going on. So yeah, but we were very forthcoming on what we need to do. And he's even been dealing with some mental stuff as well and he's been seeing a psychologist and she's really so far she's been really super good even giving her him her like uh you know her actual phone number so he can text her and talk to her about certain things and so i think it's been very good to get the the type of insurance that we have is good because we are actually able to do it out of the military versus mm-hmm. We don't have to go to the VA, for example. We can go to regular type of doctors. We can mm-hmm. go to actual spe- specialists and stuff like that. So right. I like that fact, but I know that not everybody has that option. Yeah. But if you take it now and, and look at your journey, so how did that impact you? Because I think like, first of all, you have kids, right? You have two? I have two kids. Right. And then 
you have your husband that you probably have to take care of quite a few times if he's being taken out by his health. Now you have this crazy entrepreneurship story and we know in your family you had also a few things that were really going down. So how does that impact you mentally, but also like in a business? I know like business itself is already like a crazy journey. It's a roller coaster. But when shit hits the fan in our personal lives to keep the cool and to keep a business running, it's not easy. It's like, it's, it's the worst. No, it's, it's definitely not easy. I think the thing that's gotten me through it, I don't like to say the word hustle. I think that's a very much a like toxic word in my head to mm -hmm. say. However, I think the mentality that I had through, uh, that I have in my business, in my life, no matter what happens, like things are going to happen in your life. Things are going to happen in your business. You have to be able to push through it. Mm -hmm. You know what you want to do. You know what's like what your goals are. You don't have time to be sitting in a corner crying. Like <laughs> you got to keep moving. And that's what I have to constantly for myself. That's what I just tell myself in that moment. And I also kind of just like thrive through that anyways. And yeah, I just literally, I, I push myself through those things more than mm -hmm. anything. And I think that makes me, I mean, that makes it so much easier for me because I, I mean, even my father was a workaholic and he, he tend, like, I think I got some of that from him and in the way that I, you know, if shit hits the fan, I know that I can consume myself in work or I can consume myself in something and I'll be fine. Like time does heal. Right. Do you think that's more like a coping mechanism for you to not have to oh, deal 100%. with the actual, yeah. Because <laughs> it was, so I had a lot of shit going on like, in different ways, but for for me, it was the health shit for myself. So when I was 19, I died of a cardiac arrest. I was clinically dead for uh, 25 seconds. I had regular um, epileptic seizures with migraines that would kick my ass hard uh, since the age of four. And I had kidney issues and whatever. So it's like my whole life was a, a roller coaster with the health, but I also had a lot of stuff from the outside that kind of like um, add on to it, like mental abuse and all those kind of things. And I did the same thing. I was just, I was thriving through it by being as busy as I could be and just working so hard. And I got really successful with it. But there was a time that it all just um, swallowed me like a big tsunami wave, like a big tsunami wave. And I had to, and it, it kind of repeated itself. Like every five years, there was another tsunami wave. It was just like, Vroom. and I had to push the pause button was like, okay, if I don't want more tsunami waves coming over me and really, because they fucked me over. They literally fucked me over so hard and it was personally on me like traumatic events that were harder and harder to get by with and, and get over with that I was sitting there and I was like, okay, something is not wrong here. And I had to give up this being busy, hustling kind of, kind of mindset as well. 
which I'm still struggling a little bit with because I'm I'm like I really like this thing, you know. I like being so busy, and now I'm here in this in this mediocre, not mediocre, but in this medium kind of in between resting, zen. I'm in Thailand with elephants. <laughs> it's awesome, but sometimes I miss this old, you know, pushy life. So, do you think you're gonna just keep being busy and just keep on going like this? In one way, shape, or form, yes, kind of. Um, I don't know if I call it busy. So I believe that it's more of just putting my mind into an area where I feel, I guess, comfortable in. Mm. And so, like, for example, when, so my brother committed suicide about two years ago. And like a tsunami freaking came through my universe and he's my, he was my little brother. And so it sucked to lose my little brother and I lost him. And then I think a month later I had a car accident with my daughter and she broke her arm. And in that same type of area, so it was like April and then March or yeah, March, sorry, April, May. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> and the, those two months were really super difficult because I also lost about five clients inside of my business. And at, like in within just one month of period. Mm. And it was difficult. Like that was one of the most difficult things that I've ever dealt with ever. I mean, I, and this is coming from a person who dealt with like surgeries with my husband and childbirth with two kids and all these different things. And, and, but a death of a family and car accident, like, what is it, you know, bad things happen in threes and it definitely happened in threes for me. But yeah, I mean, pushing through it has always helped me more than anything, but And I think it's just a matter of putting my mind somewhere because I always think it's like a wasted space Mm -hmm. if I'm just sitting around crying about it. I was like, there's, I I don't have time for that. Like, doesn't serve me anything. That's like, that's what my head goes through. It's like crying is not going to serve me anything. Um, Not that it doesn't serve anybody else because it might, but for me, I don't feel like it does anything for me. Right. Um, whereas if I'm doing something, whether that's taking care of my kids or if I'm working on my business or whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm focused on that in that moment. And that helps me get through whatever the hell that's going on. Right. So if you don't mind, uh, if we're going a little bit into this suicide topic, because I think it's really big right now, it, not only right now, but I think it's it's more common to talk about it now in the entrepreneurial space. Like there's been so many cases, obviously, of um, very famous people, um, but there are so many cases that we just don't see and that we don't hear um, about. So tell me what was it, first of all, was it a surprise to you that your brother um, committed suicide? And, and how did you kind of hear about it? So it was, it was definitely, it wasn't a huge surprise. It was definitely like a, a timing thing where I was like, why the heck now? Like, you know, but the surprise of that event happening, no, because he did it before. He tried it with, 
I, I called him an idiot for this because he was, but <laughs> like he tried a whole bunch of, I think, Tylenol and it just, he didn't really, he wasn't really like killing himself, but they did have to pump his stomach mm. and, but he definitely tried. And mm. I think, and we also talked to his friend um, that was around during the time that he committed suicide and she said that he, that she, tr- she pushed him out of those situations multiple times and she didn't tell us. I mean, I guess she's a friend and she didn't want to hurt her friend's feelings and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, suicide is, it's hard. It's, 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 it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the reason why he had those issues, he had so many demons was because he actually had Asperger's, which mm. apparently the statistics around people with Asperger's is 50% of people with Asperger's commit suicide. Wow. And yeah. 50%. That's what I've heard, at least from a doctor. I don't know if that's the actual stats. I've never looked it up. Right. But, and we didn't know he had Asperger's until he died because when he was diagnosed, he was 18. So we didn't know until a few years later. That is crazy. And I can totally, I mean, whether or not these numbers are correct from the doctor, but I can see that they have a way harder time to find their way in society, especially if they're not diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we're looking at Credit Thunberg right now, she is probably a really great example of how you can make your way in society. But I also can see how, and this is probably a very expanded example, but the comments I see sometimes online about her, I'm just like shaking my head of like, first of all, she's, how old is she? 16, I guess. Why would you say something about a 16-year-old girl? Something like this, right? It's, it's incredible mind-boggling to me how people can talk about a girl like this but then understanding what her like what makes her different just in in a way that different to you or to me for example and they still they keep attacking her in the in the words they call her I'm just like we're living in a world right now they have just no filter they're just because you can sit behind a keyboard makes them feel like they they have all the right to just say whatever they they think is okay to say. So I can totally understand how this how this can impact people on a daily basis. So what was your what was your kind of reaction when you found out about this? So I was in karate class with my my kids. I was watching them or watching one of my kids do karate. And I'll ne- and this is why I actually don't like going to the karate classes anymore, especially mm. sitting in that spot that I was sitting at. I don't ever sit there whatsoever anymore. And I don't, like, it's just something in my brain that's just like, don't sit there, don't sit there. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I was sitting there and my father called and my father never calls me. It's usually my mom that calls me. So my father called And he said, Alex, I don't know how to say this to you, but your brother is dead. And 
I, I'm like, what, huh? Like, and, and karate is going on, so I can't even hear anything anyways. So I go running out and I'm just talking to my dad and he said yes. And I immediately, and my, I called my husband so he can come watch my kid at karate and, you know, take him back. And I was like, hey, I'm driving to California because that's where they live. And I was going to immediately go over there and that was the craziest drive I've ever taken, probably. <laughs> I mean, how long is the drive? So Arizona, so I'm in like I'm I'm in Arizona, they're in like San Diego, California. It was probably about I was going really fast and I shouldn't have been. I was I probably made it about four hours. I barely even stopped. Like when I stopped in Yuma to get some gas, I just tapped off real quick, left. I didn't eat anything. I just went, I just kept going. And I was literally yelling at my brother the whole time while I was driving. Right. I like, guess pretending like that he was like listening to me. And I was literally like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> why did you fucking do this? You know, stuff like that. And it was hard. Yeah. So when you then had to go through the whole month of um, your clients leaving the agency, what was your, what was your reaction to that? Were you, cause I'm just pretending it was me right now. It would have been like, Oh, you know, uh, now karma's playing out. Now this is going whatever. Like I would, in my mind, so this is how my mind works. So I'm really interested how this goes for you. So my mind works that it's going to pick up on all of the things that happening. And then it creates this whole scenario of, oh, for sure, all these things need to go bad now. And then obviously, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I would kind of try to get out of that by making things and like turning them around and like creating good things in my own life. But it's really hard if things like this just go like blow you out of the way. So how did you react when your first clients told you like, we're not going to work with you anymore? And what was your reaction? Like, what were your thought process behind that? Yeah. So, I mean, the reason why it happened, I understand And I literally, I literally had to make sure that they were at least a little bit satisfied because what was happening was when my brother committed suicide, I was like, I can't work. I literally cannot work. And so I hired a couple of people that knew how to do funnels and I trusted those people to get the work done that needed to get done for my clients. Mm. And it didn't. So that's why my clients ended up leaving. Now, if I look at it back then, back then, two years ago when this happened, I did have a mentality of like, what, oh my God, like, what the hell am I going to do now? Like, what the heck is happening? Like, oh my gosh. And like, I think I had maybe two to three clients left. And I was like, that's, I can't pay anybody with that. What am I going to do? And if I look at it, at it now, though, I think that was a, a shift for me that I, that maybe this is not the way that I should be doing my running my business. And instead, maybe I should be running it a different way because maybe this is just not something and that, because I literally got into the funnel agency 
you know, doing done for you work because I, I, that's what I knew. That's what I knew how to do. I knew how to do done for you work and I was really good at it. I'm still really good at it. However, it doesn't give me the freedom that I want in my business. So I think that was a really good shift for me to be able to go, okay, I lost these five people. Maybe I need to like change my entire business. Mm. I still stayed with it for a while though. (laughs) There was a lot of denial there. I was like, no, like I have to do it. I have to, like, this is what I meant to do. And that was a lot of denial moments. So... (laughs) I love that. Let's dive in there a little bit because I think um, when we read stories like this online, they're so glorified of like, and this is what happened. And then I took this as a shift and like the universe (laughs) sparkled fairy dust on me. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. (laughs) That's not what happened. So I'm really, so I know, (laughs) this is so funny. (laughs) So how did you, how did you then kind of went through the whole denial phase and hold on to it, which we all do. We don't have to lie about that. It's all human nature. So that's totally fine. But so what was the point of you being like, okay, this doesn't work. I have to let it go. And how did you enter this let it go process? Because I think it's so hard sometimes to let Go. I think I'm still letting it go, to be perfectly honest with you, because I still have some done-for-you clients. Uh-huh. And I'm just starting, like this, I'm literally, it's been two years since that happened. And I'm still in that moment of that shift. I'm mm-hmm. still there. Because there's still limiting beliefs there that are telling me that in order for me to be successful in my business, you know, when it comes to Facebook ad and sales funnels, that I have to have a done-for-you service. And, and that's always been a limiting belief in my head because I did have a coach that told me that I should have a done for you service. And so, and it was also my own limiting belief and like just having a coach tell me the same thing. It's like, Oh, okay. I guess I do have to have a done for you service. And so maybe I do need to hire multiple people so they could do funnels. And I have to have this big overhead, you know, of, watching these people micromanaging and making sure that they get everything done. And, but then there's the other side of me. It's like, what the fuck? You know, I don't want to do that. You know, like that doesn't look what happened last time. Like that's not fun. (laughs) And I burnt myself out when that happened. And when I had, I literally had lots of clients and made tons of money, but I was so exhausted. I was so tired and when that suicide, my, my brother committed suicide and when the car accident happened and my five clients left me at that point, it, it, I should have had it click and go, oh, maybe this is not what I should be doing, but it didn't click. And, and it, it, it's, it's just starting to click. And it's just a matter of taking that limiting belief and going, shut the fuck up. Just, just shut up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many like manifestation and limiting beliefs and all this kind of stuff and they tell you to like pull it out of your mind and or write it down and burn it and all this kind of stuff I'm like no I'm gonna tell it that's not something I'm gonna do I'm gonna tell it to shut the fuck up (laughs) because that's just my way of doing it so Yeah. yeah I love that because so this is something that I think a lot of people have issues with of this letting go practice and I'm not sure if you read the book 
It's literally called Let It Go from Dr. Hawkins. No, I haven't. Oh my God. It's super interesting. So I just went through this whole book and everything he's saying. So there is like a, this vibration pyramid of emotions where every emotion creates a certain vibration in our body of our energy, right? And the highest vibration we can achieve is 1000 and that would be peace, which in spirituality would be kind of enlightenment. And so he walks you through how you can let go and surrender to each of the emotions basically to go to the next level. It was super interesting because with every kind of level he said, I was like, oh yeah, man, I've been fucking angry for whole of my life. because when I grew up, the only kind of emotions I knew around me was being angry or happy. And most of the time was like a fake happiness, but you know, that's what I was like angry or super happy. And so listening to this book, it was like, it was like one light bulb after the other. I was like, Oh my God, is this what it is? Oh, wow. And so I really recommend for everyone who doesn't know how to let go or how to walk like through, you know, suppressed emotions to read this book. It's, it's super awesome. Um, so it's called Let It Go from Dr. Hawkins. So what are your plans now for the coming future? Should we just call it off? Fuck, done for you? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, I've been doing, yeah. So I actually still have some clients that are, you know, like moving it along (laughs) and I'll, I'm officially, that's why I officially put my title as a Facebook ads coach and sales funnel expert. And I am saying fuck you to done for you because I don't have to do it if I don't fucking want to. And yeah, so I mean, that's, that's what's going on here. And like, I have a membership, which is super amazing. I have a high level coaching program. So many good stuff that is coming out, like just out of me. Like I still have like done for you things inside of my certain programs, Mm -hmm. but it's not like the done for you as in you get like this ongoing support and like, We never talk like ever or whatever. <laughs> you know, I've had so many situations where people hire me and they're like, they never talk to me and again. I'm like, wait, hold on, come back. <laughs> like, we, we, we got to work together. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm just really pushing the coaching aspect. And, and the greatest thing about coaching, I feel, is and t- getting rid of the done for you is I get to help more people when I coach. Yeah. When I teach people how to master their own ads, I'm able to give you guys the actual like confidence behind it. And it's just, it's amazing to see whenever somebody like does their own ads and then it starts running like the way that they want it to be running. And like, it's just amazing to see like their faces and all this kind of stuff because they do it all by themselves. Yeah, that's what I love about what I do because I feel like empowering entrepreneurs to build sustainable businesses is like the the best thing ever because I can finally end this hustle and crime bullshit out there and move people and like especially entrepreneurs and business owners into a space where they where they can work as much as they want, but without having all the stress and the pressure and the burnout in their neck, sitting right there, waiting for them to suck out everything out of them, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially when it comes to team culture and, and when it comes to being a leader, 
being a leader, a lot of times when people come to me, work with me, they're like, I have to manage them. I have to be the boss. And I'm like, oh, that is just so wrong. That's not what we want. This is, no, we can stop you right here. And I just love doing this just because like, what was the, I think it's like a Bible thing, but I'm not very fun with the Bible anymore. I read it like 20 something years ago. <laughs> so I think the first is like, if you give the fish to the to the village, they can eat. But oh, if you, if you give a fish to a man, he won't. Uh, it, yeah, I get. I know. I know what you're talking about. I think everybody will probably know that too. But right. But if they teach a man to fish, then he'll have fish forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Right. My my cousin's a fisherman, so I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I do have a whole different question though, because it it's kind of came up. So you have two kids mm -hmm. and one broke its arm in a car accident because you were all over the place or I don't know, racing or... This is where we get to the dirty, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was, yes, I was not watching the road at the time and my brain was somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And There's a road where I live and it gets back, backed up a lot. And for that day, um, it was backed up. I was not used to it being backed up at that time, but apparently it was. And I rear-ended someone. And gladly my daughter was wearing her seatbelt, but then also her seatbelt broke her arm. Mm. Um, and of course, there was a lot of guilt You know, a lot of yeah. guilt and it's still there. I, I, I'll I be perfectly honest with you. It's not like I can just pull out the mom guilt and be like, uh, I'm I, sorry, I, I didn't I want to trigger that. <laughs> But what I wanted to ask is like, how do your kids deal with all of that? Deal, deal with like my business? No, with like your brother killing himself, with your husband um, having the, the health issues and with them seeing you being so... Like, I want to say tough. I'm not sure if the right word, but so resilient. Maybe resilient is a better word. How do they... Have you ever spoken with them? How they perceive everything? Well, they're five and, and seven. Yeah. So they, they're not too much into, like, going, like, figuring out this kind of stuff. Um, if they ask about certain situations, we'll definitely talk about those things. For example, um, my husband's starting chemo again for his fifth round in April. Mm -hmm. And we, we obviously my five and seven year old are not going to understand what chemo means. And I'm not going to make them understand. I'm not going to say, Oh, they put an IV in him and he, this is what happens. And da, 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 da. that doesn't make sense to a seven year old or a five year old. Instead, we just say, you know, daddy's sick and he's going to be going to doctor's appointments and he'll be back and he, he'll feel sick for like a day or so. And, you know, after that, then he'll start to feel better because I mean, that's what happens. And mm -hmm. so they understand that daddy does get sick and he has to go to doctor's appointments and, you know, all that kind of stuff. As far as my, my brother's death and what happened there, uh, my mom and I talk about it a lot and how it's kind of funny. Um, my daughter, who's five, we told her about what happened Uh, not really like talking about the suicide part because that that's another thing that they probably won't completely understand. But we were like, oh my, you know, Uncle Magnus is dead. That's my brother's name is Magnus. And 
my, my daughter still says to this day, she's like, he's dead. And she just like, oh. not just out of the blue, just like sometimes just like says it for no reason. <laughs> but she says it in like a funny way. And she doesn't like, it's not like a, you know, like he's dead. And like, you know, like a question mark. It's more like, he's dead. And I'm like, okay, yes. Can we just not talk about it? It's like, like, we don't have to always talk about this all the time, yeah. you know, but yeah. So they, they kind of understand a little bit. They, they have two other uncles mm-hmm. and so we'll talk about their, you know, those uncles sometimes and she'll even ask the same question. Is he dead? And I'm like, no, they're still alive. <laughs> Bless her. I mean, kids are just so honest, right? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. what it is. And I think, I mean, I do study neuroscience in, in my free time because what else are you going to do kind of, you know, <laughs> if you're like in my industry and the nerd. So, but what I found is, and it's really crazy, I've kind of looked at my niece and nephew. They're now eight and 10. And for the first eight to 10 years, actually, everything that we learn is literally like what we see, what we model, what we hear, what we what we be told and then only by the age the earliest age that we can actually build our own opinions is seven so everything by then is only why my son has an attitude is what you're telling me (laughs) can can yeah so but everything else is just filled in so it's literally like us being a blank slate and then we just you know from the outside just everything being filled in. And so it's really crazy to me because I've been watching that for the past 10 years with my niece and my nephew. And it's it's just insane to me because some things are really close to me that they are saying that the way they are behaving, although I haven't been around much. So mind you, I've been gone for almost six years out of the country. But They have been from the first uh, three and a half years. Well, my nephew was five when I left and my my niece was three. So I made sure that they get as much time as possible, although we lived already 700 kilometers apart by that time. But I made sure that they get as much time as possible with me. And I think a few things, you know, they, they literally picked up and it's crazy to me. Although we think they just don't understand when they're really small, but my niece, for example, when she was two years old, she, and speaking German is not the easiest language in the world, but she had sentences and she was like out there and we were all looking at each other. We were like, we don't know where this comes from. Like, we have no idea. And I was thinking to myself, well, uh, <laughs> you know, this could be me. <laughs> and also my nephew, sometimes he's just like, I mean, sometimes they're totally my sister and sometimes they're just totally me. And we're like, hmm, they're definitely not the travelers, unfortunately. I have to change that. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to send elephant pictures. They're not impressed. I'm like, it's a real elephant, not impressed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's really crazy. So do you think that in, in a few years, I mean... I can see your daughter sitting there and saying that and then actually like, so mom, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, you know, if that situation came up and she knew what, you know, what to say in those situations, you know, how did he die? 
Or why does daddy go to these doctor's appointments and what happens at these doctor's appointments or, you know, any type of questions like that that come up, I'm happy to like actually have sit down conversations and say, you know, this is what happens. And because I mean, even when it comes to like my husband's doctor stuff, you know, some even adults don't even understand it. I don't even understand it most times. So it it would be hard to explain it to a five and seven-year-old, you know? <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I can attest that. I've been, I mean, all my life in and out of doctors and I'm still sitting here and I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm sure yeah. they don't know either. <laughs> yep. So if you had a wish, a wish for yourself or for your family, if you could just close your eyes, you know, and we did have fairy dust, you never know. What would be the one thing that you would want to change? Uh, well, dust in the air, hopefully. And gosh, I mean, health for my husband. That's a big number one. That's mental health and physical health. Mm-hmm. My kids actually getting A's in school. Crossing my fingers. Is that a that thing? I'm- yeah. No, it's... it's- Well, they're not getting them right now. I want them to get A's, but they're not getting A's. So walk me through that. Why is that important to you? I think that's just something that's embedded in like, you have that you, that your kid's like this super smart kid if they have A's. Right. But I also, I, I don't want them to go. I think that my biggest thing is I just don't want them to go through school the way I went through school. And it was very very, very, very difficult for me. Mm. And I mean, if you look at me now, like I did, I'm fine. Right. Like I, I own a business. I'm making a good amount of money in my business. I was, but I was horrible at at school. Like I was really bad. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like I think at one point I was in eighth grade in order to get to ninth grade, you have to pass um, a a math test. And I remember my math teacher at the time, shoot, I did the test three times. I think on the fourth time she was looking over me and she was literally giving me answers so that I could actually pass the test. And so that's how bad I was in school. You know, last time I was teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who the teacher's name was. I'm, I'm sorry, but whoever it was, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> We're with her. We're with her. I had a I had a teacher like that similar. He was my chemistry teacher. And by that time I had a lot of like looking back now I know what it was, but by that time I couldn't really pinpoint the finger on why I was so sick, but I was um having extreme kidney issues and I was on antibiotics for a year. And I had three jobs and I had uh in my personal life like tons of issues so i got almost kicked out of my high school and he was the only teacher who actually came and asked me what's wrong and he was like are you okay i'm like i'm not sure what do you think is okay <laughs> you know like this typical rebellious teenager thing and i was i remember i was like i think it was 15 or 16 and i had to take like i think eight pills or something every single day and i put it in front of him because he's the chemistry teacher and i was like do you think that shit is good to take and he looked at me he's like why would you take that and i explained it to him and he's like 
holy shit, that's horrendous. This is going to destroy your body. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it, man. <laughs> and so I had to pass. And we have like, instead of A to F, we have one to six. So one being A and, and six being F. And I would get straight sixes all the time just because I would fall asleep from this medication I had to take. And so he let me pass through with giving me a three in one of the tests just so I can literally pass it. He was like, I don't know, man, I, I can see you are trying here. So let me give you a point. <laughs> so I feel you on that. So this, this chemistry teacher, uh, Mr. Kohler, Mr. Kohler, Thank you for believing in me. Yeah, we all need this chemistry or math teacher who kind of pushes us through. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, and I'm glad that that person did because, I mean, now I do nothing but numbers. I mean, I'm always doing numbers now because I'm in ads and, <laughs> and I'm always looking at analytics and conversions and all this type of stuff. And so it's, it's, it's cool. I, I love I'm, that. See, I don't touch any medication anymore. <laughs> That's good. So well, we're, we're sleeping then. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, meh, it kind of, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're about to wrap it up. And um, I have two more questions for you that I ask all of my guests on the podcast. So I want to know, first of all, what does efficiency mean to you? Efficiency. That's yeah, a hard one. So, I mean, if I go off, off of maybe like the definition that I know, it's like, you know, doing things correctly is what I, that's part that I would say is, you know, doing things, um, correctly. And, and to me, that would be like doing things correctly for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, whatever my correctly means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. And so looking back in hindsight with everything that you know, if you had to start over, what would be the three things that you would keep doing or repeating in order to get where you are again? Gosh, something that I, I always say, it's like, I don't like going back because most of the time you're going to get it wrong no matter what the hell you do. Right. That, I mean, that's definitely the way that I see it for myself. And so I tend to just not go, you know, if I did this differently, I wish I would have said something to my brother, or I wish I would have done, you know, this, or I wish I would have diagnosed my husband before it or whatever. Like, I mean, or I wish I would have gotten rid of done for you two years ago when I had the chance. It's like, no, I mean, like everything that I've done has led me to where I am now more than anything. And so I, I wouldn't want to change that because. Exactly. So which I are the three things that you would. Set. Right. So which are the three things that you would keep doing in order to get where you are again? So let's say you would have to start all over again. Which are the three things that you know exactly if you keep doing them, they get you to success again? So to success, I would definitely say focusing on creating a business around my life mm. and not the other way around. Mm. And I think that, that that would be all three encompassed in one. Yeah, I love that. Because I feel like I, that was like probably like my only regret and I have to make sure that I keep pursuing that for, forever is like, 
making decisions of because that's what I want. That's what I, the reason why I started this business in the first place was so that I could work from home, so that I could make more money, so that I could go take my kids to karate and baseball and have memories with them so I can go have family vacations or all these types of stuff. But when I'm making decisions that are based on nothing but financial freedom, when I really want time freedom, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) Right. You know? And so, I mean, if your, your goal is financial freedom, yeah, then go hustle your butt off and go do that. But I, I can't make decisions off of my business. You know, I have to make them off of my life because that's what I want. Yeah. I love that so much. Alexandra, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so many hard things behind the scenes, because this is what makes us who we are. And also to share all of these things with us, because this is what we need to hear sometimes, because I feel like, you know, the glamorous overnight success it takes 15 years to get there (laughs) it's easy to share but to share the struggle that we have to get there is not as easy so please if you could share with everyone where they can find you and what they can find there yeah so I'm in many different places you can find me on Instagram as the Alexandra Ramirez you can also even look at my YouTube channel which I just started up again And so you'll see a lot more videos on there. If you just look me up as Alexandra Ramirez Facebook ads, you'll eventually find me on there. And yeah, you can find me on Facebook. There's so many ways that you can find me. So Alexandra Ramirez and you'll find me. (laughs) Awesome. Everybody, that was an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Alexander, for coming on, having the time for us. If you haven't done yet, please subscribe to the podcast for more amazing stories behind the scenes. And also go and check out the show notes below to find Alexandra and her amazing Facebook ads coaching offers that we will link up for you down there. And you know what to do. Uh, Find the Efficiency on Demand podcast, subscribe, and tune in next week again. You've been listening to Efficiency on Demand. On Demand. We hope you've learned about your ultimate potential, how to control your time, how to create some clarity in your crazy life, and how to live life limitless. Limitless. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please follow on Instagram at Secret Weapon to Efficiency. We'll see you next time on Efficiency on Demand with Monique. Remember, slow down to speed up.